Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? It's good to see everybody. Um, gonna get going here and uh, do something a little bit unusual, and that is I'm actually going to start right on time. How about that? Um, so it's good to see everybody this morning. Um, as you begin to log in, uh, <clears throat> I just wanted to say good morning from New Hope Free Methodist Church and um, want to bring you greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to know, first of all, that uh, I miss you all. It's uh, weird being here. Um, if anyone needs a reminder that the building is not the church, then please stop by at some point <clears throat> because a building without the people of God is really just a building, and it is very, very noticeable this morning. But we press on. We press on into these uncharted times to explore what the Lord is doing and will be doing through us, his people, as the days unfold. For those of you that are a part of uh, New Hope on a regular basis, I just want to give you a couple of quick housekeeping updates. Uh, first of all, this is going to be our reality for this week and next, and we will determine uh, what happens after that. Uh, if you need encouragement uh, in the form of prayer, I encourage you to go over to the Free Methodist Church's um, Facebook page. There they have some voices of prayer, and uh, there are opportunities on the voices of prayer to join with others who have pre-recorded some prayers for us. And uh, of course, as many of you know, uh, our president called today to be a national day of prayer. So we want to encourage any and all of you, uh, certainly to be in prayer on your own, but to join with many, many others. And if you need some uh, partnership or encouragement in that, please go over and join uh, the Free Methodist uh, website, uh, or the Facebook page, and join the Voices of Prayer over there. Also, Sister Evelyn Ziegler, um, she's going to be at home. Uh, she's staying home, um, but she also wanted you to know that uh, she may be uh, giving you a call. She loves to call. She loves to be an encouragement for different individuals, and uh, so if you get a call from Sister Evelyn, just know that uh, she's doing it uh, on behalf of New Hope and to uh, give everybody a chance to um, be encouraged and just know that you're loved. So you are indeed loved. Would you please, uh, if you are watching or watching this, um, if you are watching this in any way, shape, or form and you need some help, uh, maybe you are in a vulnerable um, population, maybe you're one of those individuals that needs to stay at home or uh, has been advised to do so, would you let us know, please? We would love to go out and help you get um, some groceries. Uh, we would love to help you go out, uh, get your medicine for you, uh, do some other things, uh, just so that you can avoid being out in public if you are in one of those uh, scenarios whereby uh, it would make sense for you to stay at home. Please don't feel like you are isolated and all alone. Uh, we can get out, we can help you, and I just want to make sure that you know that we have that uh, as an option for you. So uh, during these trying times, please, let's just make sure that we stick together. Uh, we're going to work through this. Uh, we are going to get through this, and uh, I hope that uh, the opportunities that we have to do this in some non-traditional ways push us into some things that uh, we have been avoiding maybe for a little while. That would be me. I'm not a huge uh, social media guy, so... Um, but I am 
getting up my nerve uh, to have a renewed commitment uh, into this new reality. So hope you'll get comfortable with me for the next few minutes. Stick with me. Uh, I want to share a few thoughts uh, that are on my heart um, that I think for all of us, uh, not just our church, but anybody tuning in, I hope anybody who's watching uh, will tune in and, um, and be encouraged by, by what we have to say here. So let me first of all pray with you, if you would, um, wherever you are, just get comfortable, bow your heads, let me open with prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you, I come before you right now. Uh, though this sanctuary is empty, Lord, we know that this sanctuary does not tell the whole tale. We, your people, are living our lives in your created world. And Lord, we have new opportunities uh, today and in the coming weeks to spread your love, to spread your hope, to spread your peace. I pray, Lord, that we will not shrink back from those opportunities, but we will live into them, that we will show your love. I pray that right now, Lord, as we gather uh, in this setting, we know that some can't tune in to Facebook or aren't connected, but we pray that this message and these words will find their way into the hearts and minds of everyone who needs to hear them right now. I thank you and I praise you. I just ask for your help and your guidance as you speak with me, through me, to all of us during these times. I love you, Lord. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So good morning again to those of you that have tuned in, missed my greeting already. I uh, just want to greet you again in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is good to be with you. Uh, again, these are new, trying times, very interesting for me. And uh, so we're going to dig in and um, just want to share some, some new thoughts. Amen, Jen. I see you. I, I'm not going to be able to keep up with everybody's comments, but I am watching. I'm doing my best. I know that's part of this. So um, here we go. Amen. So let me just share my thoughts. Get comfortable. Um, times like these turn our attention back to God, don't they? To his word and to his son, Jesus Christ. Times like these, in all of the uncertainty and the chaos of unfolding information, times like these are powerful examples of how and possibly why the ancient Israelites believed that God was the author of these kinds of events. We feel so helpless. The Psalms speak to it, as do the prophets. In fact, there wasn't even really any question in their minds. And I wonder, has anyone been wondering where God is right now? I personally think it's a fool's errand to spend time speculating about whether God caused this virus in any way, shape, or form. So if you hear that out there in the community, just encourage people to not spend their time thinking about that. For as with the ancient Israelites, if we simply believe that God could and possibly is involved, we orient ourselves properly to his sovereignty, his power, and, the, and his authority in this world. A proper orientation to an all-powerful God is what's at stake. Just remember that it's all about our orientation to God. He's in control and will not be shaken by current events. We can put our trust in him. You know, our world has strayed so far away from its grounded belief in an almighty God that we assume as humans we can understand, possibly even control, the events that come against us. 
Yet, just look around. We empirically know by what we see that there are events in our world from natural disasters to plagues and disease to wars and other human evil that once in motion are nearly impossible to stop. But for prayer and for the pleading of God's intervention, we know we stand powerless against certain elemental forces. And isn't that where we find ourselves today? Feeling a little bewildered and even helpless. Feeling underinformed and uncertain about our path forward. We simply have no idea when this is all going to turn around. And amazingly, we all still cling to the hope that it will turn around. But where does that hope come from? Right now, it might be a mixture of hubris, that we as humans can figure this out, and mixed with the hope that God won't let this go on forever. Of course, it's that latter part that sets us apart as Christians, the need to press into refocusing ourselves on God, his word, and his son, and the hope that they offer us as we deal with these very uncertain and rapidly changing times. God's word definitely speaks to times like these. And for the next few minutes, I want to offer you five insights for consideration in the weeks ahead. I believe they offer hope and promise and reposition our trust away from the science and the media and the local leaders and put it squarely back on God, his son, and the Holy Spirit. Will you allow me to just share a few of these thoughts for the next few minutes? First, first and foremost, let's remind ourselves how God revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ. We've been talking about this, right? For those of you that attend New Hope and you've seen on a regular basis over the last few weeks our emphasis on the Apostles' Creed, we've talked about God the Creator, and we've talked about God sending us his Son, the Incarnation. Through the Virgin Mary, we've been reminded of God's presence among us as the human Jesus. Through the scriptures, we have learned about this. Through the creed, we've been reminded of it. And so during these uncertain times, it is first and foremost responsible of us to remind ourselves how God has revealed himself to us. Where do we look for him in times like these? To his son and his that is Jesus's experience in the Gospels while he walked the earth as one of us. So as part of this first point of reminding ourselves of how God revealed himself to us, I want you to open your Bibles. I want you to spend some time rereading the Gospel accounts. God, through Jesus his Son, had command over every situation. And that is how God revealed himself to us in part. Second, let's remind ourselves that that revelation through his son, Jesus Christ, involves suffering. God revealed himself through Jesus, and he suffered. 
It's jolting, right? When we read in the creed, we read how God created the heavens and the earth and the Almighty and, and all of that sort of thing. And then he sent us his son and we read and it's all good and it's all good and it's going along. And then all of a sudden in the creed, the Apostles' Creed, we are presented with this word. He suffered. He suffered. He suffered. It's a jolting word that, that changes the narrative of all of this that was good to, to God coming through his son into a world that he created. And all of a sudden he was rejected. He wasn't welcomed. In fact, he was led to a cross. Jesus suffered. It's a reminder through the creed and then ultimately to push us back into the scriptures to read about how the early church equated the entire of Jesus' life with suffering. One of our early Reformation uh, leaders, Martin Luther, right, the kind of considered the father of the Reformation, Martin Luther developed a theology he knew as the theology, or he explained as the theology of the cross. And in this theology, he tried to articulate how sometimes it feels like God is just invisible. And he would go back and he would tell the story of how even in the Old Testament, Moses wanted to see God and if God wouldn't go with him. And, and so God decided to show himself, but he wouldn't show himself completely. He would only show himself in part. And, and he hid Moses, right? He, he hid and then he just allowed Moses to see his back or that's what the scripture describes, right? And we don't know exactly what that looked like. But, but for, for Luther, in trying to understand where are you, God? What does this look like for you? And, and how do we connect with you? Luther said, you know what, how did God actually reveal himself? Not only through his son, but ultimately, this invisible God revealed himself through the cross. And what did that mean? It mean that, that God revealed himself through Jesus as a suffering servant. That's, that's sobering. That's the God that we serve, right? Jesus suffered. God is invisible except in and through the suffering of his servant, Jesus. So as part of our second point here, reminding ourselves that Jesus suffered, Jesus was human and he suffered. His life was one that was known through the early church as one lived in suffering. Isaiah 53, we know, speaks of this, Jesus as the suffering servant. 1 Peter Chapter 4, verse 1, Peter writing to the early church that was really struggling, he penned these words. He says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for human evil desires, but rather for the will of God. So, after reading the gospel accounts, our first point, go back and read the story of Jesus and reminding ourselves to see God through his revealed son, Jesus Christ. Then, as our second point, ponder that his creation rejected him, despised him, and caused him to suffer. Third, let's remind ourselves that suffering is what we are called to. Again, 1 Peter 4.1, he says, Arm yourselves with the same attitude, the same attitude of Jesus who humbled himself even to death on a cross. Arm ourselves with the same attitude. We have no right to, to anything in this world except what Jesus Christ does through us and for us. And we give ourselves to him for the good of this world and the people that we serve. 
Matthew, writing in this gospel account of who Jesus is, records Jesus as saying, if any of us want to be his disciple, we must take up our cross. Take up our cross and follow him. What does that really look like in your life in these days, dealing with this virus and all that's going around, dealing with the uncertainty and the chaos? We, we humble ourselves before Jesus Christ. We give ourselves to in service to others. We lay down our own needs, our own rights in deference to others so that Jesus Christ might be lifted up and glorified. That's what we're called to, we're to take up our cross. This life is not lived for us, it is lived for Jesus and his kingdom here on the earth to be made known wherever we go, his kingdom should reign because he lives in us. So let's remind ourselves what we are called to. Romans 8, 16 and 17 says this, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That should encourage you. And if indeed, all of that is true, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. We share in Christ's sufferings, what he experienced being a part of this earth his ultimate death on the cross, we share in that, that we might also one day share in his glory. Let's remind ourselves, remind ourselves that suffering is what we are called to. What does your suffering look like today? We don't have to think very hard, do we? Maybe, I pray not yet, and I pray not ever, but maybe it is the actual disease or sickness that's going around. Maybe it's loved ones who get sick. Maybe it's the way the economy tanks and hits everybody's pocketbook. Maybe it's the parents who are having to sacrifice work to now be home with kids. Or how about this one? Maybe those who can't and their kids are going to be home alone. Maybe it's the, the food that the kids aren't getting because they're not in school. Like There is so much change and there will be some suffering all around us. Suffering isn't easy, certainly not desired, but the Bible reminds us that it is a sure path to see the Lord of glory. It is the way in which we get insight into who God is. When times are tough, we can learn more deeply to see God through Jesus and thereby remind ourselves of God's compassion and love. Yes, Suffering seems counterintuitive to our ideas of love, but that's how God chose to reveal himself. And ultimately, it was the most powerful thing ever done on the earth. Because? Because death was ultimately defeated. God was in the suffering, and he was found through it. We remind ourselves, first of all, that Jesus was human, we remind ourselves, second of all, that Jesus suffered. And so third of all, we remind ourselves that suffering is what we are called to. Now the fourth thing, let's remind ourselves what suffering produces in us. Romans 
5, 3 and 4 says this, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces what? Some of you know this. You can say it along with me. Produces perseverance, character, and hope. No, it's not easy. No, we don't want it. Nobody desires it. But it makes us better. Helps us grow. It helps us grow stronger. It helps us to persevere because we know that this world is hard and there are things that we are going to struggle through. So with perseverance comes godly character, the character that represents being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And ultimately, it's what fills our heart and our souls and our minds with hope. And so as part of this fourth point, reminding ourselves what suffering produces in us, I want you to examine your own life in these days. What are these trying times producing in you? Humbly ask God to shape you into the person that looks like Jesus, the person that loved, that brought healing, that brought hope, that brought encouragement, that had command over every situation in this life. Let's not be tossed by the waves of uncertainty. Let's not be caught up in the doubt and the, and the scare tactics of, of what the world is going through. Let's remind ourselves that God is in control and he's shaping us to be more like him. And fifth, the fifth and final thing for this morning is let's remind ourselves that God does indeed love us. If you read on in Romans 5 from 3 and 4, we move into verse 5 now. It says that hope does not disappoint us. Let's read the verse. And hope does not put us to shame. The NRSV uses the word disappoint. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope, perseverance, godly character, hope, and that hope will not disappoint us. For his Holy Spirit has been poured into our hearts, and he will guide us and lead us and strengthen us. His love, this love that we are reminded of, was visible through the cross, through the suffering of Jesus. He saw Jesus through to the resurrection. He will see us through. He will not leave us Disappointed. So each news cycle hour, each news day that brings more discouraging news, remind yourself that God is with us and he will see us through. Remember his words to his disciples, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That is the God that we serve. Times like these are trying times. They make us all uncomfortable, and they challenge us to reevaluate our relationship to the world, to each other, and most importantly, to God. Remember, it's fundamentally about our orientation to God. God is never far from us, and he promises that. He also promises to be with us to the very end. We need not be afraid of his abandonment, not now when the going's uncomfortable and uncertain, and not later when things ultimately settle down again. Our best hope is that we stay close to him, that we press into him, and we remind ourselves he's there with us. And for those that can, let's be agents of hope, 
peace, and love in our community. Let's resist the urge to blame and point fingers and find fault, please. Let's be agents of Christ's peace, love, and reconciliation for a world that desperately needs to see the good in humanity right now. Times like these, they can bring us together. Times like these remind us of the common bonds that we all share. The frailty and limitations of human knowledge and understanding, the necessity of each other. Let's make sure that we are visibly demonstrating God's love to this world through kindness, generosity, fairness, encouragement, and hope. I'd like to close by reading a psalm. It's Psalm 46. Some of you are familiar with it. It is so powerful. It is so comforting. I'd love for you to just take a couple of minutes to close your eyes, wherever you are, and I want you to just soak this in. And I pray that it reorients you and me to the love of God that we serve in times like these. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says... Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. I'm going to close with prayer. If you or anyone you know is struggling with fear or doubt about God's presence, I invite you to pray with me and ultimately to pray with them right now for God's light, his hope, his love to fill your heart and to fill their hearts. Let's pray. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, indeed, Times like these stretch us, they push us, they move us into spaces and places that we wouldn't go on our own without the nudge of the Holy Spirit, and we indeed are trying to follow your leadership right now, Heavenly Father. 
We pray that these times will result in good for your church, for the expansion of your kingdom. We pray that people will be turned back to you, that fundamentally our reorientation will be to you, God, and to you alone, not to trust in science and in the world around us, not to ignore it either, but to fundamentally know that you are sovereign over all of it, that it all works together under your good care and love and guidance. And for any of us listening or with whom we know who are struggling with that fear and that anxiety and that doubt, Lord, I speak peace. Just as you spoke to your disciples, peace I give to you, peace you left with them, Lord, peace you give to us. Peace, hope, love, courage. You are on your throne. We can trust in you. We can put our full hope and faith in you because you are a God of unfailing love. You will not leave us. You will not forsake us. You will not put us to shame, disappoint us. Your love will sustain us and see us through. And so, Lord, I pray that we are reminded this morning to turn our hearts, to turn our attention to you and to you alone. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for all that we can do and will be doing in the days and weeks ahead. And Lord, I pray that you will solidify these new methods of reaching the lost, of reaching those who are discouraged, of reaching those who are really struggling. I pray that you will solidify these methods as further ways to expand your reach in your kingdom. And then, Lord, we do pray for healing. We pray that you would stop the spread of this virus. We pray that you would bring healing to those who have been sick. We pray that where the virus is now spreading in ways that we don't see, Lord, that you would stop it, that you would mitigate it, that the measures that we are taking, as limited as they are, would result in healing and hope and, and a safer and better and healthier community. And Lord, we pray that as we have been bonded together through this time across ages and races and across all kinds of different economic and social circumstances, Lord, we pray that those bonds will continue to grow. We pray that those bonds will continue to unite and strengthen us and that we, in the power of your name, will be united to love you and grow in our service to you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We give you this time, I pray, for all of those who will hear this, Lord, that their hearts will be lifted and that they will see with new hope and promise what it means to walk through these days with you and with your promise. I thank you. This day is yours. This week is yours. We entrust our leaders of our local governments to you, and we just pray that you would pour out your wisdom and pour out your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, all. It's been good to be with you. Again, this is pushing me in some new areas. Let's uh, trust the Lord. Let's live into these days and uh, see what he's going to do. I fundamentally believe, fundamentally believe that these are historic times for a purpose and for a reason, and that God is doing something with and for his church that is absolutely going to be Phenomenal. We'll look back on this and recognize this as a different, uh, a new season in which the Lord pushed us. So thank you. Uh, it's good to see everybody and um, have a good rest of your day. 
enjoy time with your family, get outside in the sunshine that actually has healing qualities. And um, I know it's a little cool out there, but enjoy it. All right? I will talk to you soon. Good to see everybody. Bye-bye.